The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the season finale of Are You Afraid Scream Queens, the unofficial Scream Queens internet radio show, exclusively on poppychuloradio.com, poppychulo radio pop culture on demand. Today is Wednesday, December 21st, 2016, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Fox's Scream Queens. Please welcome my co-hosts to our season finale broadcast, Prince Rico Suave. This is where you say hello. No, my thing was acting up. Hello, people. I got kidnapped by the Green Meanie, but I escaped and I'm here. Sounds exciting. And Priscilla Rocha. I got kidnapped by the Red Devil, but I'm here too, guys. And the funny thing is, both of you were found in a well. (laughs) We rescued ourselves. Yes, with a little help from Lassie. Alright, let's get into it. Let's jump into our recap of Season 2, Episode 10, titled Drain the Swamp, and aired December 20th, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. While walking about the hospital, Chanel is attacked by the green meanie, only to unexpectedly be saved by Chanel number eight. Chanel number three is attacked by the green meanie, but uh, the green meanie resists, and it is revealed that it was Cassidy, exclaiming that he doesn't want to kill anymore and decides to confront his mother. Cassidy then tells Hoffel that he's out, only to be threatened by her in response. Hester and Brock devise a plan to steal Munch's money and buy Blood Island. Meanwhile, Hoffel takes some barrels outside where she finds Chanel number 8, who tells her the humus in the swamp water is highly flammable, which gives Hoffel the idea to make a fertilizer bomb. As part of Hester and Brock's plan, 
Brock proposes to Munch, which upsets Chanel. Brock tells her that once Munch is dead, he will propose to Chanel. Chanel number three and Cassidy talk to Jane, who then uh, exclaims that Cassidy is dead to her. Meanwhile, Chanel number five tells Munch that she might not have Kuru. But the only way to find out is to have an open brain surgery, to which Brock agrees. Hoffel starts draining the swamp of its flammable humus, but unplugs the cryo chamber holding Denise. Meanwhile, Jane is feeding Zayde and expresses her sadness to her. Zayde convinces her that she is not a bad mother and that killing people is not the answer. Munch's surgery is complete, and Chanel number five reveals that they have found no evidence of Kuru in her, but she is just extremely dehydrated due to the fact that the only liquids that she has consumed for years are vodka and scotch neat. Hoffel then leads number eight, Brock, Cassidy, Munch, number three, number five, and Chanel into a trap in the basement, then revealing that Chanel killed her sister to everyone. Jane and Zayde come to stop Hoffel, only for her to shoot and kill Jane. Hoffel then runs away, leaving the ticking bomb to kill everyone. Denise comes and defuses the bomb. Everyone chases Hoffel, in which uh, she ends up killing Cassidy. Hoffel then runs into quicksand where everyone leaves her to die. In the epilogue, Chanel narrates and reveals what happened to everyone after the hospital murders. Brock and Hester steal Munch's money, buy Blood Island, and kill every tourist there. Munch sells the hospital and starts a sex class for women over 50 in Aspen. Chanel number five and Zayde still work at the Cure Institute and are considered the hospital's top team. Meanwhile, number three is a manager slash executive producer for Chanel's new doctor show, Lovin' the Sea. At the end, Chanel is shown leaving the building and entering her car. She then sees an old Kappa Kappa Tau ring, then looks in the rearview mirror to see the red devil behind her. Brum, brum, brum. Okay, that was a mouthful, because a lot did happen in this season slash series? Question mark? finale so let's get everyone's initial reaction to it what did everyone think of uh, the season two finale drain the swamp let's start off with priscilla i i i want to say everything is summed up in the like with the word afterthought like there's it, it didn't really feel like everything was leading up to a big climactic what's going on thing like I don't know, you felt that way last season with the Red Devil, where you just wondered what the hell's going to happen next. But with this one, like, everything felt like, oh, okay, this is what happens, because this is, like, what's going to happen. And just shout out to our co-commentator, Wilson, who couldn't be here. Like, there was not enough deaths here to satisfy, like, bloodlust. Like, so between that and just how telegraphed everything was this was not a very cheery finale for me 
Prince, was yeah. it cheery for you? No, I kind of feel like Priscilla a little. I'm like, they even let like Chanel number eight survive. Oh yeah, I thought it was. I I, I thought that was true. Like. I, I thought maybe she might have died with the baseball, but no, they didn't even go that far. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, she died from the baseball. Like, that was so simple and easy. She didn't even get, it, like, enough attention. And I'm like, next thing I know, she's checking the pH balance and growing tomatoes. Yes, because why not? So I was like, oh, well, okay. So I guess we're just keeping people alive now. So um, I could have used a little more death. I feel like at the end of the day, he tried to do, like, this, like, cheesy, happy ending type thing. Per usual, and I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, even friggin' what's your name had a conscience all of a sudden. Friggin' Dean Munch, I'm like, oh, great. Now, people are gaining consciousness in the last episode. Like, oh, you're really not trying to kill people. Yeah, I, I, I guess. Like, I, maybe, it, it, maybe it is. Like, we're all not satisfied with like the amount of blood stain uh, this, this episode, like, at all. I need that body come up next season. Just, you know, if there is a next season, that body comes, I'm going to need to go up in the finale. I'm like, let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. Later on, uh, uh, we're going to discuss sort of like the good, the bad, and the ugly of the season as a whole. And and I have a couple of things that I want to add into why I think you all are, are disappointed in, in it. Uh, for me, I mean, it was Scream Queens. It was For me, it was typical Scream Queens. It was over the top. It was insane. It was probably one of the craziest, insane, uh, messiest hours of Scream Queens. But, like, you know, I enjoyed it because I enjoyed the show. So, no complaints as far as the insanity. They did do a lot. And I was surprised how much they did. I mean, the, the the synopsis that I read was insanely long because a lot of stuff did happen in the episode. Some of it was messy. Some of it didn't really make sense. Hoffel is not the best killer. So, I mean, you could just tell that from, like, the baseball. Or those were... those could not have been baseballs because they were huge those were like softballs but from what she was trying to do with that and i'm, I'm like she's not going to be the best type of killer um she's not the, the the brightest of the bulb she's not the brightest christmas light in the pack basically so as far as like the epilogue i mean they've they've done that before showing us like what goes on and and i liked it for the most part if they are gonna have a season three once again like i have no idea how they're gonna do it i guess they're all gonna go on vacation on blood island or something uh which i would not mind seeing but uh ratings have been horrible and uh, rumors are that this was probably the series finale so i guess we'll have to wait and see and uh, be cautiously optimistic that if there is a third season we'll see something that's satisfies all of our bloodlust a little bit more maybe within island uh, that has blood in the name but before we get into our thorough recap of the latest episode of scream queens here's our announcer with a few reminders on how you can interact with us follow poppy chula radio on social media we are on facebook instagram twitter at poppy chula radio do you have any questions suggestions comments or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? 
Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Are You Afraid? Scream Queens and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. So let's talk about uh, the baseball, softball, whatever the hell that was. So we start off the episode with Chanel just like walking through the creepy parts of the hospital because I guess that's what you do when there's uh, when you know that there's no longer a serial killer there, and uh, she runs into the green meanie, and the green meanie starts up one of those. Uh, machines that that throws the the baseballs and and that kind of thing and it starts throwing them at chanel and uh missing chanel and all this kind of stuff then all of a sudden chanel number eight pokes through the door and gets hit in the head with a uh, baseball which leads her to fall and leads chanel to escape to which we see that this green meanie is uh awful then elsewhere, another green meanie is attacking uh, Chanel number three, or is about to attack, but stops. And uh, uh, number three is surprised, and then sees that it uh, is Cassidy. And then Cassidy's like, you know what? I can't kill you. You know, I love you, and and uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna stop uh, doing the killings, and I need to stand up to my mom. And she's like, yeah, you do, and. Uh, Although initially he's like, you know, maybe I'll kill my mom. And then, then she's like, you know what, it might be easier just to confront her. And so he's like, okay, that's what I'll do. And so I will no longer be a part of this. Once she leaves the room, Hoffel uh, pops up and basically is like, oh, you know, these Chanel's must have, you know, a force field of like idiocy that, that you know, is hard to penetrate because I can't kill any of them. And so Cassidy is like, listen, I quit. Um, I don't want to kill anybody else and he's like you better leave number three alone and Hoffel is surprised but uh she doesn't hesitate to threaten him basically saying you know if you are not basically a part of the solution you're a problem that will be dealt with so the opening scene shows us Hoffel still gung-ho trying to kill the Chanel's and now Cassidy has uh, decided to quit being a green meanie. What do we think of the opening with the baseballs? Forgive me. Isn't Hoffel an awful killer? Like, uh, forgive me. I, I, I think the, the actress is like an amazing person. She's probably really sweet, but I completely forgot she existed. So when she, they opened the door and she came out, I'm like, wait, you're still alive? <laughs> like, this, it was... It's shocking to me. Like I, I thought for sure it'd be like Chanel number five opening the door, being like Chanel, I was looking for you for this, like and just getting hit in the face. But that that death was lame. That was lame, and so was Cassidy's attempt to kill. That wasn't Chanel a death. Cassidy. She stayed alive. Well, no, like yeah. that the murder that, that tr- Yeah, it was a bad. Hoffel is an awful killer. And well, the the peanut oil bath. Spa well, that was smart, that but was apparently weird. that was the only great idea she has. Yeah, and Cassidy just wasn't wasn't inspired to kill at all because he was just gonna straight up machete her. There was nothing artful about that. Well, I just figured at that point, I'm like, you know what, your whole little 
kill the green meanie, make them believe the green meanie is dead to come back as the green meanie was kind of a corny attempt. Uh, like, it didn't work, and it only lasted, like, one scene. Uh-huh. Like, this was green... not... This is not a great start to the episode. Yeah, no. No. I, yeah, absolutely not. I'm like, didn't we just do this last time? Like, didn't you try to kill the Chanel's at the episode of the last episode? Like, getting a little repetitive. Like, let's I switch th- it up a bit. I think they might have been trying to go for, like, a connection to the Red Devil and, like, the Backstreet's back, like, the baseball bat, like, that scene and how cool, like, uh, that death was. But, like, it didn't necessarily, like, pull through. Yeah. yeah no, no, not at all. I agree. Elsewhere, uh, well, we see that number eight um, survived. Um, she she had, like, you know, one of those, like, ice bags, like, uh, on her face. Apparently she... Only had a minor injury. Uh, elsewhere, Hester professes her love for Holt, and uh, basically, you know, she she like is like, you know, drop everything. You know, you need to run away with me to Blood Island, and we can spend our days there murdering tourists and um, you know, and attacking cracks and all that kind of stuff. You know, even after she's had burritos and all that kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Like, oh God. How did that go from being a real, like, disturbingly sexy line last season yeah. to just being fucking disturbing and gross? <laughs> I, I am glad that that Attack My Crack came back because, like, she said that a bunch of times last season and it was spectacular. It just shows that she's all she's all about that anal. Yeah, I thought you were going to try to make it sound like all about that bass, but it didn't work. I was going to, but then I was like, you know what? I don't even think I want to, the way she enjoys it. Like, maybe this just doesn't need to be put on the record. Well, there you go. I like what you did with the record, though. Uh, So, he, uh, Holt basically seems a little, he, he was like a bit aroused, but then like the taco tuesday talk was a bit much for him but he basically was like i'll, I'll give it some thoughts and so she ends up coming up with an idea basically she tells holt you know what you should do is you should marry munch because she only has a, a short time to live anyway so you marry her then you will be the sole benefactor for her estate and you will have all this money and then we can run off and buy blood island and it'll be you and me together forever baby killing everybody um you know all these tourists and we will never kill each other because we love each other and trust each other so much and so that's the plan that they go with although chanel um after checking um Holt's phone found uh, the the browser history of you know searching for cheap engagement rings. She thought it was for her, and so when uh, they all find out that Holt has called everyone to uh, meet him in Munch's room, she thinks that uh, she's gonna get proposed to, but in fact it's Munch that uh, gets proposed to, and she says yes, and so. Dr. Holt and Dean Munch are now engaged. So that was weird. <laughs> that yeah, was. That, it was an interesting little plan that came out of like nowhere, like left field. This is this is a little plan that I loved though, because Hester is like self-serving to the last. Like that remember that entire monologue like last season with the finale with her just kind of explaining like this is why 
I do what I do. Like, and oh, yeah. th- this, this bit with her being like, no, I want to be rich and this is the perfect plan and it's the perfect plan because it's obscene and outrageous and you can, you can get away with it. Like I completely like understood that like character wise and she's just, it's funny like seeing Rachel from Glee work with Uncle Jesse to take money away from the Dean. Oh god, it's great. And Uncle Jesse banging Rachel from Glee anally. Oh god, that that I did not want to picture. Yeah. That, that oh, there whole, you go. That mess. That one. Didn't need that. Yeah. I did like Chanel's freak out and meltdown and Munch being like the cocky bitch like you know smiling all extra in front of Chanel because she got Holt I thought that was funny and uh, if you noticed Hoffle when everyone's like clapping all excitedly like after he proposed and she says yes like Hoffle does like this slow clap in the background which I, I love this show's like background because you have to like look at the characters because they stay in character like Chanel number no. five is always doing something like all cutesy girly and a number three is always apathetic about everything and Hoffle always seems pissed off it's it's fantastic. So, uh, the wedding is set, and it's in the hospital. Uh, uh, Munch is in a wheelchair and everything. They get Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy to officiate the wedding, because why not? And it's a simple signing of uh, wedding papers and uh, the the wedding certificate. And uh, they're married. And uh, so Munch is weeks away from death, and uh, Hester and Holt are excited to take her money, and the the problem, though, is number five, because number five believes that she can actually cure Munch's illness, because she doesn't believe that she might have uh, the kudu from eating um, human brains. And so... Uh, They have to test Munch's brain, so they have to basically do a biopsy on a piece of her brain, so they have to do awake, open brain surgery. And uh, although there's a bit of a hesitation, they end up uh, agreeing to do uh, the surgery. And number five was on fire in this episode. Uh, I I love, and we've sort of referenced this before, um, everyone's hatred or disgust of number five. It's funny because in season one, I feel like it was really only the Chanel's that were kind of like Ugh, about number five. And this season, it's like everybody. Because like earlier in the episode, when they're talking about uh, the MCATs and how they're all doctors, uh, number five is like, yeah, but I actually studied. I didn't cheat. And Chanel's like, oh, who cares? And you see Holt and he does like this huge major eye roll over number five and then later on in the episode when chanel number five once again is like but i actually passed you have dean munch basically say like shut up who cares and it like completely silences chanel number five which i thought was hilarious i'm trying to think like back to season one i don't necessarily think 
a lot of people had scenes, like solo scenes with Shana number five. I think the the fact that like the cast got whittled down means that like you tend to focus more on what these characters are doing. Like I, I, I could yeah. see them like making fun of her. Like the only people really that got to interact with her that weren't the Chanel's were like the twins who were like fucking her and Grace and her parents was gone oh and and her parents who couldn't give a shit about her and were just kind of like Chanel shut up you're really annoying I think I think at that point I think it was because she was like rich and popular that people weren't shitting on her I think she's lost that hype so it made maybe that's what it was the target but this season it was much more noticeable that everybody was like shitting on her She's an equal now. Like last year, she had the like popular girl advantage because she was a Chanel. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, now you're in the hospital. Like everyone's looking at you. Like you're not no sorority girl. Like you're not popular. That shit doesn't work here. So we hate you. Yeah. So it's surgery time, and uh, Chanel has a plan. We get the pumpkin spice latte back, and her plan is. When and now this would never happen in like a real hospital setting because you you would not have coffee in 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 like the surgery room like when it, you're doing will, surgery so it so didn't this even look right when she did it so. I know so this is like a completely like a leap of logic but Chanel basically wants to pour this like piping scalding hot pumpkin spice latte into the dean's brain when you know the the skull is cut open and, and the brain is exposed even number five is like i don't know if that would really kill her like it might scald a piece of her brain but you know that would heal and she would be fine and but uh chanel is adamant that this is how he she's going to kill the dean and how she's going to get her revenge so that she can be with holt so it's time for the surgery. It's uh, open brain surgery. Uh, the dean is awake to make sure that they don't uh, hit any, uh, you know, areas where they we can where it can cause permanent damage. And uh, Munch is singing a song because why not? Ryan Murphy loves a musical number. And um, as the song is coming to a close, Chanel is ready to uh, throw the piping hot pumpkin spice latte and as she's about to Hoffle gets in the way to uh, basically store the uh, I believe she was going to store the the, the of piece of brain matter to test it um, but she gets sp- uh, the pumpkin spice latte thrown on her. Uh, I think Chanel number five actually is is the one that actually ends up taking the the brain matter to get tested on, and um, and so Hoffel basically yells at Chanel. Chanel's like, I tripped. Cassie's like, No, you didn't. And there you go. What I thought was f- would have been funny is if like Hoffel would have actually gotten burnt or something like her sister. Like that would have been. Yes, of, I was expecting that. Yeah, I was like, expecting her to get like splashed in the face and be like, "Oh no!" Like, yes, sort of, something like I that, or or, or that because it was like freaking piping hot, it would have like melted some of the um the surgical garments and that kind of stuff, but it, it didn't do anything. I feel like they could have gave her um, Grace's dad's death 
and gave Grace's dad the swamp death. Oh, well, there you go. Like, yeah. Like, he admits that he's the red devil, and then it, like, sinks in, and then, like, green you know, meanie. Dean Munch tries... To, oh, the green meanie. And then um, Dean Munch tries to save him. That would have looked a little bit more of a gooder, like, a, a good, a better scene for that. And then had her fall in the bat, batted, like, oil, peanut oil. Yeah, that peanut been oil. Of, like, it, yeah. it's... Did can I ask a really stupid question? Yes, those are the best ones. Was that judge the actual judge? No, it was not the actual judge. That's why this is a really stupid question. I didn't look it up on Google or anything. I was like, huh? I would have Supreme Court justices, although maybe now in the Trump era, maybe they might be allowed to be on television and make money. I thought not. I was just kind of like, oh. but yes. But typically, Supreme Court justices do not make cameos on TV shows. Ruth Bader Ginsburg oh. better. She's Why? awesome. I want yeah. to see her at this point. And if I can only see her through the screen, that would be great. Now, a brief scene that wasn't that that we we haven't discussed. So let's rewind just half a second. Is um, right before the surgery, Hester basically has her own plan on how to get rid of Munch. Basically telling uh, Holt, you know, maybe if you slip, you know, the knife a little bit deeper, and you're like, oh, oops, or, you know, I was thinking of a scary movie, and I got scared for a minute, and like, oh, never, don't see scary movies again, and slices her brain and that kind of stuff, but Holt um, won't do it. And um, this led to probably one of my most favorite Hester lines ever, although I, I don't have it memorized, so I, I, I'm not going to say it, but it, basically she starts talking about, well, if Munch stays alive, then I'm going to head back to prison, and if I head back to prison, you know, do you know what I have to do there? Like, like, you know, I have yeah. to draw my own porn, and I'm not even a great artist, and all this kind of stuff. I have to masturbate to porn, and I'm like, Oh my god, that was so good! I watching, that scene. Watching Leah oh, Michelle talking about masturbating to porn that she has to draw, and she's saying that she's not a great artist was fantastic no that was pretty funny i was like oh my god i know she is not saying this oh my god like she's drawing cartoon boys it makes you want to like go back to the scene where you see like hannibal hester with the with the paintings in the background and wonder whether like those are her shoddy attempts at drawing porn at erotica yes (laughs) oh my god right and she's putting them in scene form from top to finish oh that's funny we definitely. I, I'm gonna have to go back and look. <laughs> have we reached the wedding yet? Yes, we already did the wedding. Okay, so I loved that Chanel's wedding was like white, extravagant, beautiful, and extravagant. And the dean the is just kind of like, "Can we get this over with?" Yeah. Okay. Well, she was with like a for, fail. Right, like friggin' Chanel's was in like the hospital church and everything. Like hers was friggin' in the hallway. They were like, "Yep, okay, let's just do this." I also loved how Chanel is okay being the chick on the side. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna marry her, but I'll still come over Tuesdays and Thursdays and take stupid like Snapchat and Instagram photos with you. And you can even put the little puppy dog filter." (laughs) And she's like, "Okay." Sure. Well, that's because he's like, okay with you. he's like, I don't think you really realize what a relationship is. So I'm just going to kind of conform to what you want because all you guys want is Snapchat pictures. We can do a couple pictures. I love how as he's telling her that, like, they take a couple picture. Oh, they take, right. And he, like, directs it. Like, he, like, takes it for them. He's like, see, we can do this because you don't know what a relationship is, man. You don't yeah. sex. So I can meet up with you and use Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. And and so uh, the 
uh, biopsy on the brain matter came out inconclusive. They, they, they can't tell if she has the disease or not. And so they do what they probably should have done from the beginning. And so they call the man that she ate the supposed uh, brains with. Uh, and uh, it turns out that she didn't actually eat human brains, just lamb brains at the party. And uh, when she, she was like, I didn't... Yo, he... Yes, it was fantastic because she was like, "So wait, we didn't eat your your family member's brains." He's like, "No, we don't do that shit, you racist, xenophobic bitch," and hangs up. That shit was hilarious. Like the conversation was going all well until that part, and I'm like, "Oh, that escalated quickly." That really did. And so it turns out that instead of Kuru, like what she has is severe dehydration. Like all of the symptoms are because of severe dehydration so they ask her you know do you drink water and and in the beginning she's like yeah and then she's like no no like the the only thing that she drinks is is scotch and vodka and she brushes her teeth with scotch and in the restaurants when they offer her water she asks for a scotch neat like she all she drinks is alcohol which you would think that that would lead to other problems besides the severe dehydration. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So, uh, severe dehydration, guys. Yes. (laughs) Chick's gonna have like a liver that's as hard as a rock. Fucking cirrhosis all over that shit. But yeah. So they figure out all she needs to do is drink some water. And so now everyone's celebrating. And number eight comes in saying that Hoffel has invited everyone down to the basement to have a nice glass of champagne to celebrate. And then uh, some of them were like, um, how does she know what we're celebrating? But they all head on down to the basement. And we see, well, we started to see earlier in the episode. Uh, so let's rewind for half a second. Um, Hoffel is taking some barrels out to the swamp because that's where they get rid of stuff and she sees number eight out there with a tomato garden and uh i, I love how hoffle is like mobius and then number eight is like my name is daria my name is daria <laughs> and so she approaches her and uh, she's like what what are you doing and she and uh, number eight explains that uh the the humus uh, and the bottom of the swamp is you know she's checking the pH levels and it would be great fertilizer for you know a garden and so she ends up uh, you know creating the, this this tomato garden and uh, she um, she explains well. I should say, uh, Hoffel is like, yeah, but these tomatoes are glowing. And uh, she's about to light up a cigarette, but Daria is like, no, don't do that. You know, this, this is like explosive material. You know, that little bit of fertilizer over there could kill us both. Duh. And uh, Hoffel's like, duh. And so she gets the idea to uh, drain the bottom of the swamp of the humus and uh, put it in barrels. And uh, she even Googles how to make a fertilizer bomb. And there was a little pop-up that says, are you a terrorist? Are you not a terrorist? She said that she's not a terrorist. And yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. And so she has basically created her own fertilizer bomb that she is 
placed in the basement. And so everyone is down there thinking that they're going to celebrate, and they enter the uh, this uh, cage. It's basically Hester's cage, um, Hester's cell in the basement. And uh, in there they find styrofoam instead of cheese, and uh, what was it, sparkling apple cider instead of champagne, and they're now trapped all of them in Hester's old cell and Hoffel reveals her diabolical scheme. She reveals who her sister was, uh, although Chanel's in the beginning are like, who? And they're like, oh, her. And so uh, um, Hoffel blames the Chanel's on the death of uh, her sister, Agatha Bean, and she blames Dean Munch for not doing anything about it, and, uh, you know, she's she's punishing them all for it, and then Holt is like, hey, but, you know, we don't really, I don't really do anything about this, and he's like, and so Hoffel's like, oh, well, you know, basically, you know, by guilty by association. And so when everything seems hopeless for our group Zayday Williams appears and why does she appear because earlier let's rewind a bit we we have the scene in which um Cassidy basically tells his mom that he's not going to kill anymore and so she freaks out and basically disowns him and so elsewhere we see her feeding Zayday because why not in the well and she's sort of complaining how she's she's a horrible mother because he's no longer wants to kill for me and then Zadie's like no that means that you're a good mother because you taught him to be good and to do good and she's like well he did watch modern family and she's like no it was because of you and so Zadie convinces Jane to go to the hospital to see all the good that the hospital now does it's not the same hospital as before and you should see what your son has been a part of that we actually cure people and everybody's happy and so after i guess touring the hospital they head into the basement where they find everyone captured and uh, jane basically is like you know hoffel you need to stop i know that i called you earlier and was like you know i'm team hoffel but you should stop you know stop trying to get revenge i've seen what this hospital's doing it's all fantastic this or the other and so hoffel's like basically bye bitch and shoots her in the chest so she orders Day Day to take her into the cell with everyone else, and Hoffel um, basically makes a run for it. So uh, Cassidy rushes to his mom's side. Obviously, her wound is too severe to be treated, but um, she, basically, she she's like, you know, your dad would have been proud, and I'm proud of you, and uh, you know, you did the right thing, and and that kind of thing, and so. As they're all about to die, um, they're all like, you know, maybe we should confess our deepest, darkest secrets. And no one's confessing anything. But then Chanel number five I does blurt out. Just, I think she just yelled it out. I think she was like, I'm not going to die a liar type shit. And so she blurts it out and she says that she has teeth in her vagina and that they hurt. They're sharp. Oh, they're my sharp. God. We finally got the truth we finally yes that was the gag of this episode (laughs) that was but if you rewound that scene because i had to because it was just silly if you look in the background 
John Stamos is like trying his hardest not to laugh. As too. <laughs> yes, like you could, he's like he almost broke, but he didn't. But like he like nearly did. Like as she's like explaining about her teeth and like how they hurt and they're sharp. Like he was really about to like die laughing. Like I I believe that they had to do that like with multiple takes. Oh, absolutely, and that was like <laughs> when that stuck because they caught it in time before he started laughing. Yes, I like the. Like backtracking a bit, that death with the mom, god damn it! Like I was hoping for it to just go nuts at the end, and for the mom to like come with a match and like destroy the hospital and be like, aha, like, or to take her son down with her and be like, blaze of glory, and instead, like, she just gets shot. Anticlimactic. Like Green Meanie actually died like last episode. Like this was just Nurse Hoffel going on a killing spree. I know, right? And so, after that um, shocking revelation from Chanel number 5, we have someone here to save the day. It is a freshly defrosted, um, still all Khaleesified, uh Denise Hemphill from Quantico. And uh, she's basically like, so what did I miss? And Munch is very happy that her cryo chamber has worked. And uh, Denise is like, thank you, Crunchy Munchy, and all that kind of stuff. And they, they're they like, hey, so you know. Our, 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 is our president female now? <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that line was out. good. Yeah, oh, and everyone no. was like, oh. um. She said that was hilarious. She was like, oh, I can't believe it. She's like, president is a female now. I can't believe I missed that. And they're all looking at her like, I don't even want to break the bad news to her right now. I know, right? And so they're basically, and then they're like, you know, hey, you know, look over there. There's a bomb and, you know, we need to get saved. And so Denise is like, oh, no, you know, they didn't teach me how to defuse a bomb in Quantico. But luckily, I saw the TV show Quantico and I saw Alex Parrish defuse (laughs) a bomb back in season one. So I believe I can do it. And so she looks at it and she's like, oh, I don't know if I can do it. But then she's like, I think it might be this wire if i just you know remove this wire you know the the bomb the 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 clock will stop either that or we're all gonna die should i do it should i not and then she finally uh takes it and uh, she ends up diffusing the bomb and she reminds us of what a badass she is so how they needed her exactly So with that, a chase ensues. Uh, We see Hoffel packing up her stuff, which, like, if there was only, like, six minutes left, like, she, that was either really fast, or she was, like, she was taking too much time to, like, go back into her office and, like, create a little box to, like, pack up her things. But, um... In, I in, well, that's the green meanie thing. That that's I, the hatchet. I feel like and, that's the only thing she brought, though. Like if you look in the box, like that's the only thing she like packed, and it took her that long. Maybe that too. And so as she's leaving, uh, she sees the rest of them. So she drops her box, but she takes her hatchet. She runs outside to where the swamp is. Everyone chases her, and then everyone freezes as Hoffel throws the machete at the group and it looks like it's about to hit number three no but cassidy cascade 
jumps in the way and saves them all, taking the hatchet to the chest. And it was very funny that everyone was like, well, you, you, you know, you could have just pushed her. And, uh, and and number three is like, <laughs> no, this is his redemption. He needed to do this. Oh, and, my God. No, yeah. like, oh, my God. Like, number five was like, I don't think it works like that. No, Denise Hemphill being like, oh. this is probably like the third in the choices that you could have done before this. Like, oh, my God, Denise, I'm so glad you're back. Even if it was just for this episode. God, she made me laugh. Loved her. Yeah. Yeah. That whole like scene was just epic. It was like you had John Stamos and Denise like, um, dude, like are you like come on buddy, like are you that stupid? Like how'd you become a doctor and you didn't think to like jump out of the way of the machete? And then all of a sudden you have like friggin' Shinona like, um, I don't think you can be redeemed, Shinona number three. Like, I don't know if that's how that works. And she's like, It is. That's exactly how it works. Yes. And so after pausing for a really long time to uh, take care of uh, Cassidy, they realize she's still on the loose. And so they rush after Hoffel, who has like a little like um, powered uh, boat type of thing uh, packed up with stuff. So she already had stuff packed up there. She has stuff packed up everywhere. But uh, she, she can't get it to start and so she ends up running away and the group is chasing her and then all of a sudden she um, steps into some quicksand and yeah and because she was a green manny and she was trying to kill them and all this kind of stuff like nobody really thinks that saving her makes any sense and so they start watching her sink deeper and deeper into the quicksand and they're all ready to leave but then munch ends up teeny tiny itty bit of a conscience and uh tries to help her but uh, the um help from munch fails because the branch uh breaks and then we see hoffel uh, get consumed by the quicksand and hoffel bubbles away silence in respect of uh I am hot. Well, no, I don't think it's in respect. I don't think it's in respect. I just was just kind of like. Are we right. done? Like, are we <laughs> yes. done or are we, are we done or are we finished? God, that That's swamp hot. stuff looked gross, though. Like that quicksand. Oh, yeah. Quicksand is probably not the best way to die. No, it probably isn't, but I'm like, it looks a not lot even better than it looks, that swamp water. It looks like sewage. Like. It looks like the stuff that comes out of Hester after Taco Tuesday and, yes, and some anal. It looks gross. Nature is fierce. I know, right? Awful and ugh, gross. I love that Chanel number five brought up her boyfriend again. Again. Just kind of like, your boyfriend killed my boyfriend. Nobody gives a shit, Chanel. <laughs> and then they decide everybody decides to, to kill Nurse Hoffel. Oh my god, that was hilarious. She's the only person that voted to save her herself. Oh, that was so good. I love that. Me? She's the only one. She's like, me? Hello? And everyone else is like, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. That's too much Has work. Has the a conscience out of anyone? Like, what the... Maybe, the only thing that I could chalk it up to is maybe because she has a new lease on life. You know, she just discovered that she's not going to die. So maybe she, in that celebratory feeling, she was like, you know what, let me help this lady. But fortunately, 
it didn't work. I think it was more like, I got this sexy, mixed screamy, um, I'm not going to die, I have all this money, let me just be nice for once and save this bitch. Yeah. So then we get our epilogue. And uh, we learn that the hospital has gained uh, notoriety due to the hard work of Number 5 and Zayday. Number 5 is really taken to being a doctor. And uh, Zayday and Number 5 basically have become sort of like the head honchos at the Cure Institute. We found find out that uh, initially Holt and Munch were going to try uh, being a couple together. And uh, then all of a sudden, he ended up disappearing. And all of Munch's money ended up disappearing as well. Because, as we learned uh, when all of the, the craziness was happening with Hoffel and, and the chase and all that kind of stuff, they had seen Hester get into an Uber and, and disappear. And we learn that Hester disappeared with a wig on because she went to the bank and uh, dressed as uh, Dean Munch and withdrew all of Munch's money. And uh, she ended up buying Blood Island and uh, escaped there with Holt. Can I just say, one of the funny things, like the gags uh, of uh, this series is that this woman is still called Dean Munch, and, like, the dude at the bank was like, Dean Munch! I'm, it's just, it kills me, because that's not her freaking name. But because of, of, like, the school setting of the first season, and how all these students now work under her, like, they still call her Dean Munch, but, like, even, like, non-people from Wallace University call her Dean Munch, which makes me laugh. Maybe her first name. It's Kathy. <laughs> It's Catherine. Catherine, yeah. So maybe she just got it legally changed to D or know. something. It, it was funny. Keep fucking. Re- I thought the same thing too. Yeah, because I was like, even the bank person is calling her Dean Munch, and I loved how because they showed the ID that Hester used, and it was just a really like funky picture of like Hester with the bad wig on, and I'm like, how does anyone think that this is Kathy Munch? Oh my god, right? She's like, it was a bad picture. Like, no. You're in, like, I see the just... brown hair sticking out of the wig. No, you're just a bad person. <laughs> yes. I gotta say, that has nothing to do with that, that, that scene, but like, when the dean goes and like freaking squeezes John Stainless's butt, I'm, I was like, whoa! I didn't know that was back there. Damn. He kept fit. No wonder he was like, top handsome like doctor or whatever like that was that that was nice and i felt bad for him he was totally used as like man meat and i'm like this is why he fucking leaves well there you go but yeah. so nice nice scene. so munch uh you know heartbroken and and um you know with now this major financial loss, ends up opening up her own sex therapy practice in Aspen for women over 50 and becomes a uh, world-renowned sexpert and ends up making all of her millions back. And elsewhere, Chanel 
does end up inheriting Lovin' the D, which is now called Lovin' the C, C for Chanel, Dr. Chanel Oberlin, that is, and uh, we see that her Gail King, her executive producer, is uh, number three. And uh, in the final moments of the episode, we have Chanel walking to her car after a long day's work on Love in the Sea. She hears a noise in the alley. She looks back. There's nothing there. And so she enters her car and she notices a small Kappa pin uh, in the car. And then, uh, you know, suddenly the silhouette of the Red Devil appears in her backseat. And she sees, she gasps, and uh, that's the end of the episode. That made me sad just because like I don't know I felt like like Hoffel did when she just kind of like these girls are awful they have like this force field around them that just like saves them from everything in the last season their lives were ruined like they took they they took away their fortunes they took away like their mark of sanity like nobody was happy in the end except for like Hester like except for the quote-unquote good guys and like the like the main architect the main bad guy and this one everyone ended up happy and I'm like I'm not watching an episode of like of happy endings on Netflix I'm not watching once upon a time what is this shit why is everybody happy what's going on here I did love the license plate rich again (laughs) yeah (laughs) Aw, I, I, I love that they didn't have, like, any idea what to do with Chanel number three. So they're like, she's my executive producer, whatever the fuck that is. Yeah, why not? So before we get into our theories as to who uh, this Red Devil could be, uh, are, do we all want to discuss everyone's, uh, I guess, happy ending? Uh, were we surprised by any of the endings? Were you shocked number five was still at the hospital? Or the whole Blood Island thing with... uh... I thought it was going to be, like, a shot with Hester just staring at the camera and, like, grabbing, like, the champagne glass glass and being like, Coming, honey! And, like, the the champagne glass is broken, like, implying that she's going to kill him, too. Like, something along those lines where you see, like, this is not all cherries Mm -hmm. and happiness. Like, bad shit's going to happen. And no, it was well, just... See, no, the only thing no, cracked is uh, the things that's going to get attacked. Well, I didn't mind it because, you know, the waiter comes over and he's like, the first guest will arrive soon. Like, pretty much saying that, like, they destroyed their ship. Yeah, and I love that. Because, like, when he said, uh, you know, oh, the boat hit the reef or, or something like that, I was like, oh, okay, that just, you know, because that could mean, you know, they... they yeah, they're, they're here, docked, you know, they docked and whatnot. But then we see in the background that the boat is, like, smoking. And, like, and then he's like, oh, they're, you know, the healthiest ones are swimming ashore. And they're going to be on shore soon and that kind of stuff. I was like, oh, okay. So they're really taking this whole like thing. A, yeah, Monster Island, like, uh, they're going to hunt. Which is a, maybe a hint for what season three could be. Maybe they might lie to everybody, give them free tickets, and trap them on the island. Yeah, and it'll, it'll turn into Harper's Island. Yeah, exactly. But it's Blood Island. Exactly. Which Man, makes it even better. It's Blood Island would be fun for them to, like, go to. 
next season if there is a next season. Well, absolutely. Especially if they think they're going for like an all exclusive resort trip and then it turns into like this like hunt and chase cat and mouse game. Yeah, where they can infinitely make fun of other like beach shows like Hawaii Five O and Lost and shit. Like they have so much they fodder watch. for that. Jaws. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I think Blood Island, exactly what Prince said is what I was imagining. That if they do renew it for a third season, that the reason why everyone would be there is because somehow they get... Kind of like if you've ever seen the the movie House on Haunted Hill. Like, a, a bunch of random people got invited to the house. And, uh, you know, crazy, spooky shit started to happen. So they, you know... They're all in different uh, careers and different locations, so they all get uh, these cryptic, weird invites to the island. And uh, they show up, they're like, oh, you're here, and you're here, and you're here. And then they realize, uh, after some time, you know, exactly what's going on once uh, people start uh, dying. Man, we have such great ideas. Yeah. Hire us. (laughs) <laughs> exactly well we have to see if a season three ends up happening time. no he just needs ryan murphy just needs us on his panel for american horror story and scream queen just let us help you write your shows we got you exactly then we can actually get michelle pfeiffer on american horror story or sarah michelle geller god. oh my god sarah michelle yeah. geller for scream queens mm, i just the, want yeah. her anywhere <laughs> I agree. I can agree with that, too. So, okay, so we've discussed a little bit about what we would want Season 3 to be if it gets renewed. Unfortunately, I mean, to be quite honest, chances are slim. Uh, The ratings have not been good, and uh, the buzz just isn't there for it this season like it had last season. So, uh, we we can't uh, say that it's 100% not coming back, but uh, we're like maybe 95 percent sure that it probably won't be coming back which is unfortunate because there's still so much potential let's be a little positive let's go back to your old statement when it comes down to it they can't cancel all their shows that's true and i 100 percent agree with that Uh, a lot of the major networks are not doing that well ratings wise so the whole screen queens not doing that well isn't um this isn't just a Scream Queens problem. A lot of shows are not doing well. And a lot of the new shows are stinking, basically. A lot of uh, freshman except, series. Except I enjoyed The Exorcist, but they said it stunk. But I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed The Exorcist too, but the ratings have not been that good. But it's also it's on a Friday, so they that's kind of like its own beast. Um, yeah. When shows are on Fridays. Uh, so they could move Scream Queens then, like to Fridays or something else, like, and they could make they it could. cheaper. Like, that's well, the problem that. is making it cheaper might not help, and 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 I want to discuss that when we discuss sort of like season two as a whole. I want to get to this question before we get into that. Um, but but just to sort of like wrap up uh, what I was saying, like they can't cancel everything, so there there might be hope that it could return. Or, and and this would be a rare move, a uh, broadcast show moving to cable, but they could move it to FX where the ratings expectations are different. So that's an idea. I don't know if they would because it 
rarely I happens. Think, I kind of. I don't like think it would happen. Low key, kind of should because I'm like, you know what? I hate to say it, and I hate to be this person, but I feel like FX just throws shows on there to get canceled. They're kind of. You mean like Fox this. or FX? No, like, FX. I kind of feel like FX is kind of like USA in the sense where they pick up shows just because the name sounds cool, but it doesn't end up being as good as it's supposed to be. See, uh, USA well, has actually been picking up, picking the game up. Like, so I've seen this happen with like with Cougar Town and with Nashville, where like other networks like pick it up. Correct, like, and those are like one of the rare like, occasions because both of those examples are broadcast shows moving to cable. It doesn't always happen, but it, it can. And the only reason why, ideally, it could happen is because Fox and FX are owned by the same company. Well, at this fucking rate, you know what we can also sit there and say? Hey, Netflix likes to pick up shows now, too, so let's hopefully they can pick it up. They do, and Hulu, and although Everybody the success says- rate hasn't been that great, it, it does happen on rare occasions. It doesn't always happen, but it, it can happen if the fan base is uh, loud enough. Everybody always is hoping for Netflix to pick shit up and to keep it. Like, and you, we know like Netflix sometimes pulls out like stinkers. The OA is like big proof of that. But like, I, I don't necessarily feel like. It's the type of show that that Netflix would keep to to continue. Hulu, on the other hand, I could see them doing that. Like they picked up the Mindy Project before, and it had worse ratings, didn't it? Yeah, I don't remember. And, and it was a Fox thing. Like I think, yeah, I think maybe Hulu might be the Fox picker upper. Yeah, maybe. So uh, let's discuss who's the Red Devil. Who do we think? I think the obvious choice is Grace, but this could also be a fake out like they did last season where we found out it was Chad Radwell. So maybe it's well, someone like, Chanel knows. I feel like anybody from the first season that would jokingly have done it is already like, dead. They're or dead. Moved yeah. on. So I think at this rate, the only person it could be would be Grace. Maybe Grace knew that her father was going to go there. And then the fact that he never came back to visit, she kind of was just like, you know what, I'm about to suit up. Oh, gosh. I but oddly enough... If, I, I would love if our expectations were twisted and it turns out to be, like, another one of the KKT sisters. Like, Chanel number three or Chanel number five finally, like, nutted up oh my and God. decided, or, like, or, I'm done with Def this. Ta- or Def Taylor Swift's, like, sister. Yes, like, I would love to see... A return back to like KKT roots. Sam, to Sam's, bro- one. Sam's brother. Mm, no, I, because, I, it needs to be. It would, and then like all of a sudden, number three falls falls in love with Sam's brother too. So like she like is in love with like Sam's family. Oh my god, you're crazy. <laughs> like funny. <laughs> I, I, I my guess would be that it's Grace, although. Her reasoning for killing Chanel doesn't really make any sense if you think well, about we never, it. We never established that she actually killed Chanel. No, no, no. I'm saying her reason to want to kill her would would not really make any sense. Because oh, if you really think about it, yeah, she was in that whole scenario. But, like, really Chanel, like, led her to a nervous breakdown. Like, I think everything that was happening with the murders, which weren't fully Chanel's fault... Um, you know, 
led up to her nervous breakdown. And then Chanel didn't kill her father. Like, those were the other green meanies. So she has to go under the assumption that, oh, it was Chanel that killed him or something like that. That maybe would want to lead her to kill, to want to kill Chanel. Maybe she's looking for Hester. There you go. Why not? Maybe. No, Hester would not have had enough of, like, human hunting in Blood Island. It couldn't be her. But Maybe, like, it was Grace looking for Hester. So she's, like, ne- doing some Kill Bill shit, going through the list to find her. Oh, gosh. Well, there you go. So, I guess you know, maybe we'll never find out. Maybe we will. To be quite honest, if this is the series finale, I feel like they wrap things up. And, and they also left it kind of like how they left it in the first season to where, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, it, it's fine if it does end here. Like, I'm, I wouldn't complain, but I do want to see more. So before we I... do, oh, wait, go ahead. I'm just going to be kind of like the opposite and be like, if it ends the way it did, like it should end with a bang, not a whimper, like. Yeah, if you're gonna like bring that. it back, like bring it back, like with a vengeance. Like don't bring it back like you did with season two. And <sighs> well, let's talk about season two as a whole. Let's talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of season two. What worked? What didn't work? And what was just bleh. um? Seeing I just felt like it was different- everywhere. That's what kind of fucked it up for me a little. It was just like it was funny, but it was just a little all over the place like i don't know maybe i you know what it was maybe it's this whole case of the week maybe like i didn't enjoy it because it just kept killing them off they kept bringing them on to kill them off maybe if that was organized a little bit better where i didn't feel like i was like maybe if you brought all the patients in at once and i got to know them as like a group and then watch them get picked off one by one that would have been a little bit more interesting like the sorority girls last season well shit maybe you know what I mean? Like we had of, like, weeks Hannibal. to get to know Like maybe if it pulled a Hannibal and like had the deaths, but had the deaths all be like really fucking intricate and like crazy looking. Like because I I still think of like that that chick that got like all of her blood like gotten rid of like at the donation. Like oh, yeah, we didn't drain, really even yeah. like get to know her, but like that death was fucking epic. Or Wes dying like boiled alive. Like this sounds like real. I'm gonna be put on some list or something, but like that, it added something. Like if we don't have, we don't have to know these people. We just have to see them die interestingly. Well, true, but like you know, like it was more epic. Like we knew who Candle Girl were. We got to know her for like four weeks before she was killed. Like we knew who like Deaf Taylor Swift was for like at least two or three episodes. Like you kind of got a feel of who they were before they died. So it kind of was like, oh man. And then the deaths were epic, like a lawnmower, like cutting off their head, like didn't get any better than that. Like, I feel like these ones were just like simplistic deaths. Okay. So my thoughts, because I mean, I've probably been the, the cheeriest one in the group, but it doesn't mean that I can't think of the show analytically. And my feelings on the problems for this season were, first off, 100% agree with all of you. Um, We didn't have as many deaths, and as as soon as we brought they brought in a new character, they died. I feel like the problem with that is that they didn't get as much money this season, 
and uh, they 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 probably couldn't spend money to have recurring characters so that's why they did the character of the week that would die if they would have done what Prince said where you know they they admit the patients in you know we start to get to know the patients get to know a little bit of their backstory and then they kill them an episode or two later that would have had a little bit more of an impact I also feel like the series forgot that it's a horror spoof there wasn't any horror this season there wasn't like season one had its creepy moments and had its gruesome horror like kills most of the kills this season were for comedy and that's not good if you're a horror spoof show and there are a lot of horror movies that deal with medicine and hospitals and that kind of thing and besides hannibal I don't really feel like they were inspired by any other movies like they were last season, which featured a lot of callbacks to other horror movies. So they completely lost the horror aspect. And then another issue with it is the fact that I it almost felt as if the reveals of who the Green Meanies were were kind of an afterthought. They, they happened too fast... And they were just sort of like glossed over and there was no real suspense to it. I mean, we sort of made it suspenseful because each week we were trying to guess. But if you think about it in hindsight, there weren't that spectacular reveals. So when you have like your main villain be sort of like an afterthought, that's not good. There also was too little of some of the characters that we really like. When you have Hester in an episode for just one scene, that's not good. You ended up killing a lot of the fan favorites from last season. That's not good. And then at the end of this season, the majority of the new cast survived. And none of the ones from the first season were killed which kind of means that by like plot uh they have like plot protection basically which isn't a good thing on a horror series i mean there are a lot of characters that we don't want to die but should die because it raises the stakes and when you have the three chanel's zayday dean munch um are those all the ones from last season? Uh, well, Denise is was like a special guest, so I don't, I'm not considering her because she's uh, she's not a um, yes. series regular this season. So when you have all of the series regulars that were there the first season, and then you have one of the new characters who's a series regular survive, Holt, and then you have the other characters which you kind of knew weren't going to survive and some of them were recurring and you even still have one recurring character um chanel number eight survive as well that those are a lot of people surviving and someone should have died from that group at least one or two people and then as i mentioned you have these fan favorites who could have come back for a bit more of an arc 
but then re- they really just came back for like an episode and then they were killed. And then you have Denise who, we I mean I understand DC Nash has a very busy career. So maybe she just couldn't fit um, doing more episodes into her schedule. But you have a fan favorite like Denise come on for like one or two episodes and then you quote unquote kill her only to come back until the very end. You know, you're missing a lot of opportunities to bring these characters in and to make them uh you know a better part of the season and while we did have some benefits i mean we got a whole lot more of jamie lee curtis and i feel like the dean really um you know shined much more bright this season than last season because we got to see her more often the some of the characters just didn't get the chance to do as much and unfortunately they stuck um man zayde was Zayday with like the nice girl role and uh you know they also got rid of her for a couple episodes uh by putting her in the well again yeah again so the fact that everybody in the at the end of the episode was like oh you were gone like that's how most of us felt like she had you no had they were like oh we were trying to save you or something like that but she was like oh yeah well thanks for trying yeah, they, they both said it. they were like oh my god like, we were looking for this whole time like and she was like yeah okay like, you had you moments where it could have been cool like when she starts dating chamberlain or when she had that moment where she partnered up with chanel number five like you saw like oh this when she was doing the gag yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. But like, Prince and I like the gag. You, you could have done something with that, and instead, like you, you, you made her play like odd man out, straight man, like just it was boring. Yeah, you do need someone like that on the series, but they made her a little too milk toast. Milk, what is it? Milk? How do you pronounce it? Milk toast. It's right. Like it, um, yeah, milk toast. Yeah. I just, so, I just want to say like. I was talking about this before with somebody else and we mentioned that like it's great to see the first season and to get to know these characters and to get to know like how awful is Chanel? Well, she's this awful. How like like how does she work in with like Chanel number three or Chanel number five or Zayde? Well, this is how like you got to meet them and thus like you had new questions about what these sorts of characters were, what kind of jokes they would bring. Season two, you're just reusing that. You're just reusing the Chanel's an awful person and Chanel number three, like really, like doesn't give a shit about the world. And Chanel number five is the butt of everyone's joke. Like it, it there comes a point where like the material seems rehashed and not fresh anymore. Yeah, like that's where American Horror Story kind of like shines in that like even if you don't care about a character at the end of the season you know what season four sucked it doesn't matter because season five is like a whole fresh reboot with new characters yeah that's queens doesn't get that that's the biggest problem with scream queens and this is coming from someone that enjoys scream queens the biggest problem is that they decided to not make this series an anthology series they decided to continue on where it left off with the survivors and then so on and so forth. What they should have done is one of two things. Either, no, what, what they should have done, yeah, yeah, is one of two things. One, they could have kept the same cast 
and uh, they could have created new characters for them and and done sort of like the American Horror Story model where they're playing new characters, it's a new location, blah, blah, blah. Or they could have done the second option, which is give them new either new character names or keep the same character names, have them be the same characters, but in a new location as if the previous season didn't exist. So that it's it's anthology-ish, but it's the same characters, in a sense, in a new location. So, like, the first season, like what we saw, it was, like, Chanel Oberlin. She's the, the Kappa Kappa Tau president, and, and all these characters were there in the university. Let's say this next season, they would have done it in the hospital, but they don't have that history of the Kappa Tau. Like, they're fresh characters, but they're this in this, they're the same character. You know what I'm saying? So that there isn't that burden of anyone that died in season one can appear in season two. You know what I'm saying? Sort of. Yeah. Either kill off somebody that's regular, somebody that we got to know, have them evolve, have them change, have them be a different thing, or, like, I don't know, like, it felt like going back to routine jokes and keeping the characters and just introducing characters that you knew were going to be killed off that day and not making the deaths themselves, like... Um, like something to remember and also this is just a side like a quibble thing but like, like I saw this happen with Glee and it happened here too like with Scream Queens 1 like you don't get Lady Gaga you don't get Katy Perry you don't get Justin Bieber you don't get like the newest material out yet because this is a new show so what do you do you get like an old Backstreet Boys thing you get like I wear my sunglasses at night and you like pair them with like an amazingly like visual like theme that just stays stuck in your head and this season like the closest I can think to like something comparing to that is the love balloon scene and even then like it wasn't something that stuck that was great like I don't know I felt like go back to referencing things go back to referencing like music videos referencing movies like make me want to watch the show like more like not just like I'm bagging on it now but like it was it's a good show like but if if I'm recommending Scream Queens I'm like watch season one I'm not saying like well you can catch up from season two and then go back and watch season one like it, it's I can't do that with the show that's true. Yeah, let's see that. So, now it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player, and we'll do something special uh, this time around since it's the season finale. Number one, if someone else mentions your MVP, uh, previously you could not mention a character. If someone else mentions it, you can mention the character. Just make sure, just don't say like what they said. You know, bring your own... Uh, essay answer to, to the table. Don't plagiarize. So character of the episode or character of the season? And then I was also going to say, this can be the MVP of the season. It doesn't necessarily have to be for this episode. So the character, the MVP, your most valuable player of uh, Scream Queens season two. We'll start off with Prince. Right. Well, Priscilla's going to be very happy with me because I'm going to go with for the season Chanel number five. She stepped it up and had me laughing my ass off. And I started to like her more as a character. She had 
not much depth, but let's just say, like, you get a little bit more of a respect for her in a sense. She's becoming her own person. She might even start using a different name one day. Who knows? Well, she has a name. Well, who knows? Well, she might have forgot that. What one. was her name? Does anyone remember? Oh, gosh. It was like a really horrible name. Like number Agnes. three... No, it wasn't Agnes. Um, number three was Sadie Swenson. Number five... Oh, Libby Putney. Yeah, Libby. Yeah, Libby Putney. Libby is not a... Yeah, Libby's not a bad name. Putney is an awful name. Jesus. Well, there you go. Priscilla, you're MVP. And why? Man, like, he took Chanel number five. and I Well, no, you I'm can repeat gonna... if you want. It's fine. Nah, you... I think he, he mentioned Chanel number five, and I wax poetic about Chanel number five, like, every episode. So you know that she's, like, my character of the season. But for character of the episode, I'm actually going to give it to Hester. Like, her one-liners, like, you mentioned the scene where she's talking about, like, attacking the crack again, or the scene where she's talking about drawing her own porn, or, like, dressing up as faux Dean Munch. Like, she was... Inter- like, Leah Michelle shines. Like, I, I'm, all, I'm honestly baffled by how, like, I saw her in, like videos of spring awakening and i saw her on glee and thought that she'd always be kind of stuck in that like whole broadway or like beautiful ingenue sort of thing and no she can get dirty she can do comedy like she's she's a jack of all trades like hester is great and lee michelle like takes that character and puts it to like another level so hester awesome so my MVP, I'm giving it as as the MVP of the season, and I'm going to give it to Dr. Dean Kathy Munch. And for me, she won it that moment that she fought off the green meanie with a manila folder. Like, that bitch has balls. And, like, everything from, like, uh, her doing the, the sweat into the oldies and her uh, leotard and uh, banging Holt and banging uh, Wes, I guess, and, and banging everybody, pounding, I should say. And, uh, I mean, she was just top-notch this season. I gotta give it. Jamie Lee Curtis, you have been outstanding as this character. I do have a couple shout-outs. I gotta shout-out number five. Uh, number five was kind of like whatever last season to me, but this season, much like what Prince said, like she was top-notch. And I even have to give it to Nurse Hoffel. We didn't see as much of Nurse Hoffel, and once again, I probably think it, it has to do with... Uh, the money that they had for episodes uh, because she was like there and then she disappeared and then she came back so like nurse hoffel uh kirstie alley was a great addition to the the series and and although i didn't mention this as a possible red devil it would be amazing if somehow she survived the quicksand and that's her in the red devil why not if this is the series finale, then in my mind, it, it was Nurse Hoffel as the Red Devil, and, and she finally got a chance to kill Chanel. <laughs> I could... I guess, I could yeah. Maybe she's oh mutated. My, did, 
she mutated. Like, weird thought that like that that the first red devil that the first red devil that the first green meanie is like the guy that was pushed that like died of COPD like that he mutated and like was another person that he, he would be like Doctor Hole like something like that where you just go crazy out of the box and like oh my god no it's Nurse Hoffle but she's been con- like congealing and coagulating and whatever the hell like in the swamp and has turned into this actress if you can't get like Christy Alley to come back like yeah here you go like that I could totally see that and I would like that, that. would be awesome so let's grade the season we're going to grade the season as a whole season two A B C D F pluses and minuses are allowed and we will go in the same order so that means prince your grade for the season y por qué that means and why what would it be i know what okay. it means oh, there you God. go <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go with a b because for comical reasons it kept me entertained so i can't say i didn't like the season I just would say it didn't get a full A or A plus because I feel like the deaths were like stagnant, like they were there because they have to kill people, but it wasn't like, whoa, let me rewind that death scene and watch it again. Yeah. Priscilla, what about you? What's your grade and why? Loving the C. This is a C plus for me. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even remember what grade i gave like season one but that that had to be like higher than a b like that was beautiful and like graphically like entertaining to the eyes and just and this one like it wasn't as great like it kept it it kept me going but this wasn't a type of show where it's like it's tuesday guess what today is scream queen's day like it didn't feel like that to me it's like oh this is on my video yeah i concur i concur with her i think it was more so like Oh, Screen Queens is on? Mm, I have a life today, so I guess I'll watch it tomorrow since I'm recording the show later on that night. <laughs> yeah, t- completely. Like, it, it. sometimes I would forget to watch it, like, until, like, an hour before we had to record and be like, oh, shit, sh-, like, Scream Queens was on. Like, I forgot that it's on Tuesdays. What I thought it was on Thursdays. Like, I would forget what days it was and would have to, like, keep on schedule, keep on track to be able to watch all these episodes. Like... And that's not what you want in a series. You want to be like, oh my god, it's Mondays. Guess what Mondays are? Supergirl! Yay! Like, to have something that you look forward to, even if you have a life. Like, at the very end, to be like, yes, I have this on my DVR, I'm going to watch it. And this one, it's like, oh, I'll watch it. I have nothing else to do. I agree with one of you, and that person is Prince. I give it a solid B. It's definitely nowhere near the A territory, and even if I was feeling nice, I just can't give it the plus to give it a B plus. So it's a solid B. I didn't hate the season, but if you're going to compare it to last season, it definitely was not up to par. There were a lot of elements that were nice, but there were a lot of elements that just didn't work. And, um... Unfortunately, probably for reasons that maybe we'll never know, whether it's financial or whatnot, the the format that they chose for this season just wasn't as good as what uh, we had in the first season. And uh, the first season seemed like bigger and and bolder and brighter. And uh, usually 
you're supposed to make the second season even better than the first, and this season kind of seemed like a, a cheap imitation of what we saw in season one, which is a shame, because there were a lot of elements that were nice. I mean, we got to see more of our favorite characters, and we got to... Uh, you know, maybe start liking some characters that we didn't like in season one. But we also saw too little of the ones that we loved. And uh, unfortunately, the majority of the new ones uh, just really didn't connect, except for a uh, shout out to Nurse Hoffel, who was amazing. So uh, before we leave, any final thoughts on uh, Scream Queens? Uh, any final uh, positive uh, energies out there for season three? I feel like if you're going to do season three and you're going to make these celebrity cameos such as, like, you know, Colton Haynes and um, Brooke Shields, you could try to give us at least more than just one episode with them. Maybe just a little. Yeah. You know, you you made this Chanel survive. Have it be entertaining. Like, if you you bring it back, like, have her do something. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, like, make the Chanel's, like, fight for their survival like we know why Zayday survives she's a fighter like in the end of the day she's just not gonna sit there and be like oh let me run away and get killed like she actually legit fights back like maybe the Chanel should start like fighting back that might entertain it a little bit more or hell we- like we've we've had like that 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 debate like if we can't get the Dean back because she can't film like because Jimmy Lee Curtis can't film outside of like her purview she wants to be with family like there's a lot of like different like actresses to choose from from like horror that would be interesting to pick out for us to look at like not that i don't want the dean to not come back like again she's oh, absolutely. great like, like stand out but like you absolutely. have options Sarah we Michelle have, Geller, we have drew barrymore we have like even carmen electra like i hate to say it like it doesn't have to be someone like that was like our favorite scream queen. It just needs to be like a legitimate scream queen who we can sit mm-hmm. there and be like, hmm, I could see that. Like, because. Ooh, you know, Heather like, Langenkamp. Gonna... What is she oh, doing? Okay. Ryan Murphy, call her. That, that would be great. She was a, 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 a Nightmare on Elm Street star. Yeah, I'm like, I could see that. I could see that. I'm like, you know what? Even if he really wants to, like, if you really want to pick it, like, there are new age scream queens too that would would probably work that I wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah. You know I mean? like, well, if you think about it, each season has somewhat tackled a different decade. Season one was very '90s because the death uh, took place. The death that inspired everything took place in the '90s. This season has been very '80s. So a lot of the music, much like in season one, a lot of the music was 90s music. A lot of music this season yep. has been 80s music. So if they return next season, I don't see them going into the 70s because the the most of the cast is no. very young. What I can see them going is into the 00s in, from like 2000 to 2010. And we'd get a lot of music from then. And if you know, Grace or something or, or a Grace-like character or if it's like a Kappa or something, it would make sense that it would be in those years. Oh, see, that's the only problem is, like, if they do that, is I kind of feel like that um, Blood Island theme kind of would, like, remind me of um, Club Dread. I don't know if you guys remember that. If you guys ever seen that movie, like, 
it's like a comedy horror movie. Is that from is that from That's the OOs? Or, or is that like a seventies movie? Is. No, it's from the OOs and it's like based on like a beach resort, like with a killer, like a serial killer on there, like a Scooby Doo type of thing. Mm-hmm. With like a beach resort concept, so I'm like, I hope like that's not type of the, like that's the direction they go, but who knows? Who yeah, knows? I like the idea of Blood Island. Like, I like the idea of them arriving at this resort and then crazy shit starts happening. In my mind, depending on what uh, decade they they want to take inspiration from, if they go from the OOs or if they go back to the 70s, I love the idea of like there being like cannibals on the island and so if you you have hester and holt like wanting to be the killers but then all of a sudden the hunters become the hunted because there's this like cannibal cult there who also wants to kill the the resort attendees and then we could have the blue crab or whatever it is the blue meanie no i'm playing um so and also, just take a little inspiration from all of the horror jo- like movies. Don't just kind of take one movie and run with it. Like, give me a mix of shit. Yeah, because like I mentioned, season one was a mix of stuff, and this one really wasn't. Yeah, me like some Scream, some friggin' Haunted Hill, some fucking Haunted. Like, I don't know. Give me some whatever the frig you can think of. Just don't give me just one. Don't just be like, all right, I liked how. Um, this movie went so i kind of want to take a lot of inspiration from it like no like give me a little mix and match give it a molten pot of horror yeah i could agree with that too so hopefully we'll put out our positive vibrations and we'll see if a season three happens if not this is all we got and we can definitely go back and binge season one don't waste my time again and me another show i'm getting tired of my shows being canceled well there you go like wasting time watching shows just for them to be canceled Ain't nobody got time for that. In the immortal words of Sweet Brown. So on that note, we would like to thank our listeners for joining us these past 10 episodes. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through iTunes. Just search for Are You Afraid? Scream Queens and subscribe. Thanks, announcer, co-hosts, for the final time this season. Please wish the listeners a good night and a happy holiday. Good night, bitches. And don't let the Red Devil get you on Christmas Day because we know Santa ain't real and the Red Devil is, so watch your back. Well, damn. Thanks for tuning in. From all of us here at Are You Afraid Scream Queens, we wish you a good night and happy holidays.